You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Agent in Charge Hour and America's Web Radio, where we uh, we have just really one thing that we do here. We seek for the truth and nothing but the truth. And uh, and I say these, the, uh, I have two of the, uh, uh, along with me, three of us, the nicest know-it-alls, know-it-alls in the country today. And so uh, we're going to look at some some, uh, ob- some things that are going on in the world, and especially with our country, because, you know, we are in a, uh, a state right now that we never thought we'd be in this type of state ever again, you know. And, uh, and so we find ourselves looking at, at a whole host of executive orders that, are coming from the 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 unelected president elect or unelected president in the White House, and uh, and these executive orders just keep streaming in. And they, if he thinks he's helping the American people, I'm totally confused. But I just don't see how they help us in any way. But I was going to, today. I, I'm going to cover uh, a couple of uh, subjects. First, I want to welcome Maggie. Thanks. Welcome back, Maggie. Hello there, hello there, and I do have the definition here of an executive order, so when we're ready for it, I'll be happy to share. Okay, and I just want to welcome Dave, of course, to his to his radio station. <laughs> <laughs> so welcome, Dave, to our show and your station. Well, well so, uh, thank you. Thank you very much. All right, so, uh, so let's just go ahead. There's a lot of material here. I doubt we're going to get it all covered, but we're just going to stay on one topic today, and that's these executive orders and what they are and what they mean, and we're just going to knock around the table. Now, There's uh, it's where the first one I want to cover is about the petroleum industry and, and, uh, and how that's such a, a problem, but you'd be surprised when I give you some information that it's not as big a problem for everybody as it is as we think it is. I mean, you get a lot of but you get a lot of bad news from both the left and the right these days. So you really got to go in there and dig around and find the facts. So anyway, so before we get into any of these executive orders and, and what they've affected, I want to ask Maggie to tell us exactly what is an executive order. Okay, an executive order is an official directive from the U.S. president to federal agencies that often have much the same power of a law. And they've been one way that the power of the president and executive branch has um, expanded, which kind of upsets the balance of power with the three uh, the three branches, the legislative, the executive, and the judicial. Um, to the history of them, um, hang on just a second, my computer is slow today as well as I. Um, <laughs> it's thinking, and it just took me to Amazon. Hmm. Uh-oh, well, so I didn't worry so yeah. So we, Guess we, where I, we, here we go. No, I've got it. Okay. I've got it. I was like, hmm, my, my computer is now becoming smarter than I am. <laughs> um, the, it, it, the Constitution does not directly define or give the president authority to issue presidential actions, okay, which includes the executive orders and memoranda. And, and that's another thing you're going to see that Mr. Biden has been um, doing uh, is when they're not executive orders, he's been issuing um, uh, presidential memoranda and proclamations. Um, so the executive order, the president instructs the government how to work within the parameters already set by, cons- by Congress and the Constitution. So having said that, that makes 
what you're about to delve into a little interesting because um, I don't see how what he's done can be done legally. So go ahead. Exactly, yeah, and that's kind of, you know, the whole thing about uh, the uh, executive order is they're not intended for a president to come in there, and, and it's like the czars of Russia used to do, or the kings of Europe, have a decree where they put out there's no congressional law. I mean, they just write out what they think everybody should do or what they want everybody to do. I mean, they're not, they're not, they're not law, and they were intended to be used only in emergency situations when Congress, well, for whatever reason, could not be brought into session on a fast enough basis to make a decision on a point of law or procedure, okay? And so that's the whole thing about the executive order. Now, they've, they've continued to get abused by all the presidents because there's such, uh, there's such a turmoil, such gridlock that goes on on, on, on both houses of the, of the uh, Congress is that they get frustrated and, and they end up, you know, filing these executive orders. And, and like we, we saw many times in the Trump administration, they were struck down by judges. And we're seeing that now here, also in Texas, there was a, uh, you know, uh, uh, President Biden. However, this is not this is not an administrative executive order. This was just, he does have authority to uh, to tell the agencies what he wants to do, as long as he's, what he's telling them to do is not illegal. But he asked for a uh, uh, a halt to get deportation for 100 days. He ordered ICE for that uh, to do that to halt deportation for 100, 100 days of, of of illegal aliens in the United States and a criminal 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 yes yeah, that's correct yeah. Right. And so uh, and then a judge, I got his name out of here, but a federal judge here in, in South Texas stepped in and stopped that after, after Texas filed a lawsuit. Do you have any more information on that situation, Maggie? Um, just that it, it was filed in the federal court in Victoria, and it, um, uh, uh, it was granted a nationwide injunction, not just the state of Texas, but it was a nationwide injunction. So um, no uh, ICE officer, detention and removal office in the whole United States um, has to uh, 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 stop the deportation. So right. for, and it was for 10 days. So if, if, if I were DHS and ICE, I would be shipping those bastards out. Oh, excuse me, those <laughs> Criminals out just as fast as I could get them loaded on the plane. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I said they have no business being in the United States. They're criminals. They're rapists. They're murderers. They're. I mean, these are these aren't just your little drunken, disorderly crimes. They're in jail for. It, it, these are serious felonies, and they're usually multiple offenses, and they need to be gone. We don't need right. them. And what people don't realize as well, I don't know, and I, I, I could not get a number. I looked this morning, I couldn't get a number, the number of people held, being held right now to be deported. But we, if you stop those, even the criminal deportations, which most deportations are criminal deportations. People don't realize that. Most criminal, most deportations today are of criminals because there's a dag of many of them here. We can't get rid of them fast enough. And so yeah. they're, they're priority, and they're the ones that are going out first. And uh, there's very few people who are just being grabbed off the street and deported anymore. And uh, because there's, you know, that was one thing Trump did. He made it a priority to make sure we got these criminals out of the country first because they're the ones causing the problem. And, and, and despite what, what people say uh, about the 
president, whether you like him or don't like him, he does he does uh, understand the value of having you know a workforce, a diversified workforce, people from around the world, even if they're here illegal. But the thing is, he doesn't want them to be here illegal. But he's smart enough to realize you don't kick out the ones that are actually producing something; you go after those who are destroying things. And so that was priority. But like I said all along, people don't realize when they think of ICE, they think of the Border Patrol, they think of the FBI, they think of these armies of agents out there, these just vast numbers of people. And comparatively speaking to the military, they're not even close. And, you know, the numbers are, are, are way down. I don't have – I do have – we've talked about the numbers in different agencies a few shows back, and I'd have to go back and pull those notes up. But as we've talked about, I mean, the law enforcement is not is not big enough to do – many of the things that the president wants them to do and uh or the people want them to do so uh so in this particular case you know if you're if you're going to hold that many aliens okay uh in in detention for an extra 100 days i just can't imagine what the cost would be i know that it was the cost per person when we were i was still in del rio was like 137 dollars per day to, to to house feed and medicine for illegal aliens waiting deportations so I don't know. We have that for a future show. That might be something good to look up, Maggie. What do you think? We can see. We can just put some numbers to that. And see what it costs yeah, people in, it, in detention. It, yeah, it seems to me that that I saw someplace. I think that there were like fourteen thousand criminal um, aliens awaiting deportation. So, you know, fourteen thousand times thirty-seven times three hundred sixty-five is a bunch of bucks that could be 130, spent. Hundred thirty. 137. That was that was over 10 years ago. Oh, 137. Okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah. but so I'm as closer to $200. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I mean, that's, that makes yeah. it even worse. You yeah. know. You know one one thing you one thing you all left out is they can't leave without their COVID 19 vaccine. You know. I oh, did you're not kidding know that. <laughs> no, I'm I'm teasing, but knowing oh. Biden, he'd probably oh. say they got to be <laughs> vaccinated before we kick them out. Well, well I probably. Uh, no, if, go ahead. If he's listening, to, uh, you may just gave him a good idea, Dave. So be careful with that, okay? <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, Maggie. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say that uh, that uh, probably the illegal Guatemalans that are trying to come in now are uh, are probably going to go to the head of the line, and the rest of us for the COVID old people for the COVID bite, you know, vaccine because we're in a, at risk. Um, well, I just. <laughs> I just, I don't know, uh, okay, I, just for once in my life, I'm, I'm, I was classified as a senior citizen. I'm not 65, so I don't qualify yet for the shot, so I'm kind of in that no man's land right now that I'm at the high end of people who get sick and die, but I, I'm not old enough to get the shot. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, better... before, before I forget, what I want to do is because so many of the things that President Trump did were never publicized. If people, you can go to the Federal Register, and the the uh, uh, website is federalregister.gov, and the slash presidential documents, and there is a list of all of the presidential orders that anybody has ever signed, issued, or signed. Okay, um, right. and you can see some of the good things that. Um, that uh, President Trump did, like, you know, ordering the insurance companies to lower the cost of insulin and the EpiPens and things to, uh, to, to what it costs somebody in a different country. You know, it's the same drug, and I'm, we're getting off topic, right. and I'm sorry, but it's the same drug, but in 
you know, you buy it in Mexico, it's $5. You buy it in Canada, it's $5. You buy it in the United States, it's $100 because the insurance companies that say, shoot, you know, we'll just right. jack up the price. So, right. um, and, and that's what this senile person that's leading our company just did. He put a $100 or a 100-day moratorium on Health and Human Services implementing President Trump's executive order, lowering the cost of these vital necessary medicines and that's that's inconceivable to me i mean he you know what he's killing off people literally killing off people do you pay your rent or do you buy insulin you know do you do you do you pay your rent or do you get the EpiPen that expires so you have to keep getting new ones to keep from dying from anaphylactic shock because you have a severe allergy to something and how is that helping the american public right no i totally agree and, and i said from the beginning of it you know he's had an entire career of making stupid decisions and he continues mm-hmm. to do it and i just it's like he never even thinks through these things it's just He's always trying to please someone, his uh, his handlers, as you'd call them, and he's you know he's kicking around like a what they call those puppets with the, the strings of mar- marionettes. Mar- mm-hmm. Yeah, he's they're, they're, yeah. Just, they're walking around just like that, and he just has no clue what he's doing half the time. So, uh-uh. so what I so what I wanted to do today, like saying, I'm glad you brought that up because you, you're showing we're showing both sides, you know, that these uh, executive orders, what they are, there's people are they're confused. They're not a law. Okay, they're not a law, and uh, they—they're uh, not like you said. They're not even really enforceable unless people allow yourself to be, you know, ruled over by these guys with these fake laws. And so, uh, so the so the, the thing I want to get with today is this: the things that that has happened in this last week since uh, Joe Biden got to the White House. I'm not going to call him president. I don't believe he's president, but mm-hmm. uh, but anyway, so. The first thing I want, to, and I'm just going to just list them right quick, and we'll see how many we can get through here because you know we uh, we always bring up fascinating points on agent charge <laughs> that we spin off and then we, we get spin off into. Well, I tell you, on and that we we're we're going to uh, have to take a break. It's uh, break time, so we'll be back with the agent in charge and Miss uh, Computer Quiz right after this. <laughs> Hi, this is Steve Ronaldo, host of the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. Uh, just talking to you about anti-car insurance. I think that uh, if you're looking for the best coverage for your classic car, consider J.C. Taylor Insurance. They've been our my insurer for years in this hobby and have the top rating of every, all of the insurance companies in the hobby. When you get ready for insurance, call J.C. Taylor or visit jctaylor.com on the Internet. Hi, this is Rocky Blyer, and I hope you'll make plans to join us on January 28th for Warriors for Hope. I'm thrilled to be a part of this virtual fundraiser for St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital and Warriors to Citizen. These organizations do so much to support veterans, first responders, and families who have been touched by pediatric cancer. I would also like to thank David Moxley and his show, David's Pick, here on America's Web Radio for supporting Warriors for Hope. And I know you'll want to join in and support this event as well on January 28th. So visit warriorsforhope.events. That's warriors and the number four, hope.events. You can make a gift and reserve your seat for this virtual benefit. Again, that's warriors and the number four, hope.events. Thanks for your support, and we'll see you at noon on January 28th. And it is going to be absolutely great on January 28th. That's this coming Friday at noon. 
uh, go to Warriors for Hope dot events and i've seen some of the items that they're going to be auctioning off they've got some guitars that are absolutely beautiful and they've been signed by superstars i know one of them uh, happens to be lee greenwood and the other thing is lee's going to be singing a new rendition of his god bless the usa and Rocky Blyer is giving away some of his Pittsburgh Steeler jerseys. And he's even throwing in a pair of old holy socks. And we're not sure what holy means with, with uh, Rocky. But anyway, it's going to be a fun event. So tune in, warriorsforhope.events. Now let's get back to our agent in charge right now. All right, Dave. So I got to ask: Did Mr. Blyer wash those socks before he put them in the auction? Well, you know, I, I asked him about that, and uh, I asked him about you know, you remember the ad with uh, Mean Joe Green that he takes off his jersey and hands it to a kid. Uh-huh. Greatest ad, the greatest ad of all time. And uh, <laughs> you know, I I asked Rocky, "Well, are your jerseys clean?" And he said, "Yeah, but my socks are questionable." But he said he said they he said they did have realistic holes in them though official yeah, I holes. Imagine. I got a feeling he's probably still pretty solid. I'd I'd have to be standing. Well, he could probably catch me too. I look very fast anymore, but I'd have to be real careful how I ask him that sock question. So, you know, <laughs> well, so, uh, he was anyway, in so. he was in Pittsburgh, and I'm in Atlanta, so I had enough room. Oh, well, you're pretty safe then, Sandy. <laughs> well, it's easy to find somebody on the Internet. You remember that. That's right. <laughs> so, Scratch and sniff. But anyway, so think about these uh, executive orders that are just flying out of the uh, out of the White House, out of the office these days, like, you know, beams of lightning going out of a thunderstorm as fast as you can see them, you know. And they're, unfortunately, some of them are getting shot down. But the one I want to talk about first, and, and I, we were going to look at the Keystone Pipeline oil gas exploration that's going on, the issues there, and the border wall construction that has been stopped. And we've already kind of covered some of the immigration stuff that's going on. And, and so, but we'll get into, uh, first thing, let's talk about, you know, the the first executive order that he signed. He stopped the construction that's, uh, in the United States. On the Keystone, he actually he, he canceled the leases. Is what he did. He canceled the leases that stopped the uh, Keystone Pipeline from being manufactured or continue to be manufactured in the United States. People don't realize though, the Keystone Pipeline is actually already working and it's been working for a long time since about 2014. It's been pretty much full production. You have different phases that are being added into it, and, uh, and what the Keystone Pipeline is, it's a huge uh, crude oil pipeline that takes that brings in. Uh, crude oil from uh, Canada. Okay, it comes through the United, through the uh, northern, uh, central northern United States, and and all along the way. Okay, Montana, Nebraska, all these different places. I, I, I think Nebraska's not on there yet. Sorry, but it comes all the way down through the United States and then through Texas. Everybody is piping into the pipeline, and the pipeline is carrying uh, crude oil down to refineries in Texas where it's being produced into diesel and gasoline and all that type of, of petroleum products that we use every day. And so it's not actually, you know, as far as us here in Texas, it's actually a good thing because 
where it's being shut down, it's, it's where the actual area where it's being shut down is an area in Canada where they are doing the, uh, the, uh, the sand. Well, I guess what you, I mean, what do you call it's it? Fracking. Fracking, but, it's fracking, yeah, and so, they've been doing it in Canada for at least the last, oh, I'm trying to think. My daddy was up in Manitoba to help them because they were having problems, and that was back in like 1974, I think, is when he was up there. Um, he was a civil engineer, worked for Bechtel Incorporated, and they sent they they had a fracking um, uh, business going on up there that they were having trouble with, and they sent Daddy up there to troubleshoot it. So fracking is not new. All right, editorial comment finished. Okay, so anyway, so I've got my map pulled up here. Like I said, I don't know what it is the internet. I guess they're trying to get ready to shut us down too. Uh, Probably so. <laughs> The, the pipeline starts up in Alberta, and, and that's who actually owns it now, a company called TC uh, Holdings. And uh, and that is where the uh, the, the sand fracking is going on, and, and everybody in the environmentalists are screaming that that uh, it's not um, it's not uh, environmentally sound to to produce oil from the sand. Okay, and we I don't want to go into a scientific lecture on that because that would take up the whole program, but. It's just, if I look at the map, there's a jag here that's under construction that cuts over through Saskatchewan, through Manitoba, down through North Dakota, South Dakota, and goes to Still City, Nebraska. Okay, or maybe that's Kansas. It's right on the border. And, uh, and so that's the pipeline that he has shut down, going through North Dakota, South Dakota, down to Still City. And uh, then it, where it picks up again is when it comes back down in through uh, another area of Nebraska, comes out to Kansas, Oklahoma. And down to Houston, Port Arthur, et cetera, et cetera. But like I say, the thing is, I mean, there's other pipelines. That's not the only pipeline. There are other privately owned pipelines that are feeding into this that are bringing American crude down as well. And so, and there's probably more American crude coming down through uh, the, the Keystone pipeline than uh, the Canadian oil. Now, the thing is, the pipeline is not shut down, okay? It, it is not closed. They didn't turn off the spigots and everybody's standing around wondering when they're going to open up again. They're still, we're still sending, still, still sending oil through that, especially here in out there where Dave has all his big oil holdings out in West Texas. They're actually getting a boost out of this because they're not having to compete with Canadian oil right now, going to the uh, to the refineries, and they're able to get their product in and out faster into their end users. And so, how do you feel about that, Dave? Are you making any extra money off of that? I refuse to answer on the grounds that it might tend to incriminate me. <laughs> So anyway, I just wanted to spread some light on what the Keystone Pipeline. Now, where the people, it, it is hurting, okay? Like I say, because in my understanding, they were really pretty close just a few months out from having this last uh, last phase uh, of the uh, pipeline completed. And so you're looking at three states uh, where people who were employed, North Dakota, South Dakota, and Nebraska, have lost their jobs. I mean, it's shut down. I mean, there's no more construction because... Biden yanked the uh, the uh, permits for them to uh, continue building the pipeline. So what do you think about that, Maggie? What are, you, what are your thoughts on that? Well, you know, I mean, we're, we're, we're already suffering. Uh, uh, the economy is, is, you know, with everybody out of work because of COVID, and now you've just taken how many? 11,000 people lost their jobs overnight. Um, right. You know, right. uh, uh, how is that helping the American people? Um, right. 
it, they'll stretch of the imagination. I mean, you have, and then and then the ripple effect. Okay, so we're not. You don't have. Uh, you don't have workers constructing a pipeline, okay? So then they're going to cancel steel orders. So then the steel orders are going to cancel the raw material orders, and the you know blah the truckers and the and the and the uh, uh, heavy equipment operators are going out. You know, I mean, it's just it's a ripple effect that's going to be catastrophic. Uh, absolutely, you know, Paula just sat down and did some research on her own that first day. When uh, when he, he issued that order and on the border wall, it was the first thing he did was was stop the uh, the the final leg of the construction of the pipeline. Then also he stopped construction mm-hmm. on the border wall and just just jobs, okay, directly related jobs to each one of those projects, Canadian and American, okay, came out to loss of fifty thousand jobs in one day. And I, yeah. I think it's I and think it's up to uh, seventy thousand because you've you've got all like. Maggie, like you said, the ripple effect. We're not. We're also right. talking about the businesses that are going to suffer because the workers aren't there to buy their food, buy their this, buy their that. Right. And um, yeah, it, it's uh, they're they're looking now that it's going to be closer to seventy thousand. That idiot Biden uh, is killing the economy. Okay, do you know what this whole thing reminds me of? Do you all remember the Manchurian candidate? Yeah, exactly. I do. Okay, well, instead of, you know, Mama directing, oh, I can't remember, the, the actor's name just blew right out of my head. We've got Camilla directing Joseph there, you know, telling him what to do uh, instead of Mama directing. Maggie, if I can interrupt you, I think it's not as much, I would have said yes to that a few days ago but the more i've seen of susan rice it it seems to me like dear old susan rice is blowing in joe's ear or both of them are one on each side i'll have to yeah it's very possible i'll have to look into her some more i just kind of you know she was like like sort of a minor player but she may have a bigger part in it than we know well, she was she was the one that destroyed Benghazi, you know. Yeah, well, that's yeah, and, and and that's what I, I when I talk about handlers. I mean, it's been two. I mean, he's only been in office since the twentieth. What is that? What is today? And twenty seven. Uh, but uh, so seven days. I mean, we don't. I don't really have a, a grip on who his handlers are and all this. But then you're but you're the second or third person today that has made that same same uh, observation that well, Susan Rice is probably one of her calling the shots. Yeah. Did you see the um, one of the clips, uh, and I didn't actually see it, this crazy friend of mine whose daddy and brother were both in the in the military, and her, she's a very staunch, staunch pro-military, but at one part after the inauguration, he was walking down the hallway or someplace, and all these Marines are there, and she said, you know, he didn't salute, he didn't salute, and then he gets almost into the wherever it was he was going, and he turns around and he yells out, salute the military, like somebody had been telling him in his ear the whole time he was walking, you know. I mean, President Trump would have saluted and shook hands with every single one of those people, I think. And this guy hadn't even got the grace or intelligence to realize he's commander-in-chief. He salutes his troops, you know. Yeah, All right, but we got, uh, I'm off topic again. I'm sorry. But, well, I just, just uh, but that's a good point. I mean, the, the difference is that, you know, he was so focused about President Trump on helping the American people because he said it himself before he left office, he said, you know, 
I didn't have to take this job. He said, I had everything in life I needed. He said, I just did it because I love the American people, and I wanted to do what was right by the country that did so much for me. And, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, you, I'm sure you, you remember Steve Stafford, one of the agents that worked with me down in Del Rio, and, and uh, he retired out of San Antonio oh, a few years ago, and he ranches right down the road from me now. And, and also in the Wagyu business, I had to point out, shout out there to Steve, but he was on uh, both Hillary Clinton's uh, detail and on Donald Trump's detail, and he told me that, in particular with Donald Trump, that that uh, he said he always took time. He said no matter what they were doing, he said he always took time to pose for pictures and talk to the law enforcement, the, the mm-hmm. uh, soldiers present, anybody there who wanted, you know, that wanted to talk to him or get a picture or shake hands. He he said that. that it was amazing that they could keep him on schedule, and he, he and he could con- come in contact with so many people. They said yeah. he never he, he never walked away from anyone. And yeah. uh, as, as, as opposite of Hillary Clinton, he said that he was fortunate. He's a likable guy. And he said he, he said he was one of the few people on her detail for a short while that, that she actually liked. And uh, but he said uh, that that you no, know, he said no, she would not pose with anyone military. Law enforcement, uh, service-oriented, uh, service-employed people in the country, and so uh, yeah. and, uh, and 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 Joe Biden is—he's been a part of that swamp. He's just like her. I mean, I just—I was never on any of the details with Joe Biden or Hillary Clinton, but I just—I know the people who were, and uh, you know, yeah. somehow a lot of faith in their in their in their, their character as people. You know? No, and, uh, I mean when they treat the quote unquote underlings with disdain. You know, right. I mean that's that's not the sign of a decent human being. I'm sorry. Right. Wait a minute. Okay, so let me, back on let me topic. get back to oil, well, back to oil and gas here. But so. before we get hey, back to your gas, uh, Sandy, we need to take another break. So we'll be back <laughs> right. to Sandy's gas right after this. If you live to serve and want to make an even bigger difference, consider joining the U.S. Army. With training in fields like medical care, linguistics, and engineering, an Army career can amplify your efforts with humanitarian opportunities all over the world. Plus, you'll receive competitive pay and incredible benefits, so you'll be taken care of, too. Learn more at GoArmy.com. Hi, I'm Lee Greenwood, and I am so proud that the Warriors for Hope group has asked me to host their first annual fundraising event to benefit St. Jude Children's Research Hospital and Warriors to Citizen on January 28th. I'm looking forward to some very impressive people talking to us about social responsibility and the need to help worthy people with long-term physical or psychological issues. It's going to be a great show with a great cast, I promise. And hey, I might even sing. Go to Warriors for Hope website to register and donate to support our cause. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, join me, Roger B., every Tuesday at 1400 hours right here on America's Web Radio for the Locked and Loaded Show. We will talk about guns, weapons, ammo, gun accessories, prepping, and so much more. So be sure to join us every Tuesday at 1400 or 2 p.m. for Locked and Loaded on America's Web Radio. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to the Agent in Charge Hour here on American Web Radio, and we've got Sandy and Maggie and Dave, and we're we're hashing out executive orders today. What they are, uh, you know, what they're doing to our country at this point, and what the what the uh, what the repercussions are, and, and where where we're going with them, you know. And so and so as a like I say on this show, we do offer a lot of opinion, but we. 
we we search for the truth and nothing but the truth. And so, and I've always said, truth is in the numbers. And you really want to look at West situations. You have to have the the uh, the data, especially in numbers, to support it. So. Maggie and Dave, I want to tell you a little something about the American Petroleum Industry that you may or may not have known. Okay, if this is in the United States only, this is from the American Petroleum Institute. Okay, right now it supports approximately 10 million jobs, which is 5.6% of the total U.S. employment. Let's see. And the... also, then, and, and, and jobs that we talked about that, that uh, also support the petroleum industry, there's 2.1 million jobs, okay, and uh, which we did as, with all types of delivery type of services and, and uh, maybe not be a, a true all industry job, but it supports that, the industry. Let's see. Since, uh, since uh, Trump, uh, President Trump, uh, released the uh, regulations on the oil and gas industry to start fracking and producing. We have, uh, I'm, I'm just going to read this from what the American Petroleum Institute puts out, rapid growth in oil production from shells using advanced hydraulic fracturing and horizontal drilling is creating high-paying jobs and boosting personnel income, personal incomes in states like North Dakota and Texas. Thanks to the development of the Bacon Shell information, North Dakota boasts the nation's lowest unemployment rate. North Dakota also saw the nation's fastest-growing income in 2016, in the first year. Let's see, let's see what to say about Texas here. Texas Comptroller estimates that Texas has recovered 100% job of the jobs lost during the Great Recession and has added 597,000 above the previous peak in August 2008. Okay, so if you think, if you think that's bad for the country, just speak up and let me know how. You know, I'd like I'd like to ask. Pardon me, Sandy. Uh, after you finish with that, I'd like to ask a question of you and Maggie. Sure. Right. So, and I just I'm going to end up with this right here. Okay. And okay. Now, and, and we're just talking about oil. We're talking. You talk about natural gas. Okay. Natural gas is in the, the last annually is making two point eight trillion dollars contributing to the U.S. manufacturing sector. Trillion dollars, not not billion dollars, trillion dollars. And that's that's and why that's, our deficit is made yeah. up of trillions. So, and natural yeah. gas burns completely. It's not totally non-polluting. So, right. Just so well, let me just give you give these right quick, so you, and then Dave, you can step in and, and uh, ask a question. So, so, let's just talk about the top four, the top producing oil countries in the world. And of course, the United States is not. Those of us who are over the age forty realize that you know, for most of our lives, the United States never was the number one uh, producing country of petroleum products. And so, in uh, two thousand and twenty, the United States is number one. It produces eighteen million barrels of petroleum per day. And let's see, let's see, Saudi Arabia produces. They're number two. They produce 12,400,000 barrels per day. Russia is number three, and they're at 10.83 million barrels per, per day. And then China, okay, now this is, this is, you know, they really drop off. They only produce uh, 4 million. No, they're, they're not in the equation here, but that's the top three. China produces 4,905,000 barrels a day. And I'll give you the countries who are the top, and I'll, then I'll also show you what we're looking at. Let's see. Okay, United States is number one, and uh, Saudi Arabia, Russia, Canada, Iran, Iraq, China, United Arab Emirates, Brazil, Kuwait, 
and that's the top ten. And so, okay, yeah, go ahead. I'm go sorry. ahead. No, no, no I'm going to say, actually get, get your get your take on that. What do you think about that? Well, I, I mean, it's it's incredible. But but I was just going to throw in a little, you know, just a little another little dig about socialism. But uh, guess how much oil Venezuela is currently producing. <laughs> I should have looked that one up. Tell me. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, they're down to eight eight hundred and thirty thousand barrels a day. Okay. Um, wow. They wow. used to be in nineteen seventy three. They were one of the. I mean, they they were in one of the top producing countries, and then boom, they decided socialism was a great idea. And guess what? They're not even. You know. They, they, don't even they also have another problem is that they, and this has been going on now for almost a year, they have a pipeline that's leaking into the Caribbean and going to destroy the Caribbean. And they can't, they don't have the mentality to fix it. Yeah. Or they don't have the money to fix oh. it. <laughs> well, no, 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 my daddy. No, the mentality. My dad worked a job down in Venezuela. They were going to raise the Guri Dam. It's at the confluence of three major rivers in Venezuela. The Amazon, I think, was one of them, the Guri River. And these people, it's 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 tropical. It's it's you know rainforesty, damp, moist, you know, um, humid. And instead of building their clinic and everything up on pier and beam, they poured it directly on the soil. So the consequences of in the medical clinic in the surgery room, little frogs were jumping here and there because of the 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 concrete just soaked up all the humidity out of the ground, and they never could get the place sterile. But anyway, okay, that's wow. because. The, government was involved in that right anyway. well i wanted to ask both okay. of you the effects of of biden on the morale of our law enforcement be it ice be it border patrol and the morale has to be you know i i tweeted out that uh to pennsylvania voters hey how are you liking biden now and uh, yeah, but from your old perspective of law enforcement, and what do you think Biden's doing to the morale? It's horrible. Well, I just, I'll, yeah, I'll put it this way, and I'm sure you probably feel the same way, Maggie. Sure, glad I don't work there anymore. Amen, <laughs> brother. Especially as, especially as a well, leader of people, troops. So yeah, yeah. And I have friends that are in in state, local law enforcement, and they're all like. You know, okay, I've only got five more years to go, and no, don't, you know, it's people, well, I want to go be in law enforcement, and they're saying, don't do it, don't do it, nobody's got your back anymore. Right, you know, right. you just, you're wrong, you're guilty, you know, if, if, if something goes wrong, you are the perpetrator, and, you know, even though the guy's got a, um, a record six feet long, and, and he struck first, you're guilty, and they just, they just... It's, it's horrible, horrible, horrible. Yeah, and, and to answer your question, Dave, I mean, we went through a similar era under Obama. Mm. And uh, yeah. I, I know when I, I've told folks this, now, to Obama. And Slick Willie. Yeah, when I, when, I worked over, when I was working internationally, I mean, I got a lot of support from that administration. I really did. I was never shut down on operation except when there were times that there was something politically happening and, and it would not have been good for me to continue with an operation because of uh, the fallout. So but we still went ahead with the operation just at a later date. And so, I, but when I got back to the States, uh, I was in Grand Junction, Colorado, 
and a lot had changed in all the time I'd spent, you know, out of main HSI. And so we went through the same situation where the Obama administration, which of course Joe Biden was the vice president, made it so difficult to prosecute alien traffickers and human traffickers that uh, I just told my my agents and uh, and we 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 had most of Western Colorado. I said we're not working any more immigration cases because there's too much time involved, too much expense involved, and we don't get any. Then nobody spends any time in jail. I said we'll just focus on narcotics until something changes, and so that's what we did. And of course, and you imagine though, I mean, and when they when they combined Homeland Security, uh, the agencies under Homeland Security with U.S. Customs, the uh, immigration, and the different and secret service, you know, everybody came in with, especially well, there were still quite a few of the immigration old agents around. That's what they liked to work, and they that's what they were trained to work, and they were good at working immigration cases. And so naturally, you know. Their morale was down because it was like it was like trying to carry water in a in a pail full of, with a bunch of holes in the bottom. I mean, it, just, it was a lot of effort and, and no uh, no out no reward. So to wow. answer, yeah. So so to answer your question, Dave, I mean, no, it's not good because the majority of these agents that work, I mean, they want to work. They want to get there. They want to do a good job. They make good money. But the restrictions that are being placed on now, of course, the the morale is is dropping and their numbers are dropping. And, and of course, you now their the their budgets are going to start really shrinking now because they're not going to need near as many agents and officers as they as they, as they thought to to enforce these immigration type of laws. And well, so, because uh, they're not going to be any immigration laws. It's going to be a free for all. Anybody wants to come in. You know, come on right. in. Who cares if you, you know, killed 47 people and raped 14 little kids? Could you want to be a U.S.? Come on in. You know, and that's right. just a load of crap. I'm sorry. So what, what, I, what I will predict in, in different states, I know Texas is already talking about doing this. It's not succession. I know we talked about that a lot in the past. I love that succession. Huh. But in, the, in the, the interim right here, in the, in the, or in the immediate future, uh, if... There, if Biden does manage to stop deportations, it doesn't do anything federally to stop uh, the flow of illegal immigrants into the United States. Now he's going to bring in all the state police officers, and they're going to do the federal job, agent's job for them. They'll they'll pass a law here that that will give them uh, make it illegal to be an illegal alien in Texas if there's not one already. I'm not sure. And uh, but they've already committed themselves to saying, hey. If the feds lay down, we're not going to lay down. They're going to bring in the National Guard as well. So there's a plan here in Texas for that, okay, if this does happen. And, uh, but at the same time, it's going to be a, it's going to be a battle of funding and, and, uh, and, you know, bed space and all that. So it's going to, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be very, it's going to be very confusing, very frustrating. And of course, in any, any business, when your employees are, are frustrated and confused, your morale is going to suck. Right. So, with, yep. with, with that note, we're going to have to take our break, and uh, we'll be back with Sandy and Maggie right after this. Perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction. If not, you probably know a family member or friend that needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol. Get a pen and paper and be ready to write down the following. These are the issues that the trained staff at the Atlanta Healing Center address and treat every day. Their doctors and counselors with over 40 years of practice in the field of addiction can treat the suffering individual in a thoughtful, compassionate, and experienced manner and guide him or her along the path to recovery. 
So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. Hi, this is Rocky Blair, and I hope you'll make plans to join us on January 28th for Warriors for Hope. I'm thrilled to be a part of this virtual fundraiser for St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital and Warriors to Citizen. These organizations do so much to support veterans, first responders, and families who have been touched by pediatric cancer. I'd also like to thank David Moxley and his show, David's Pick, here on America's Web Radio for supporting Warriors for Hope. And I know you'll want to join in and support this event as well on January 28th. So visit warriorsforhope.events. That's warriors and the number four, hope.events. You can make a gift and reserve your seat for this virtual benefit. Again, that's warriors and the number four, hope.events. Thanks for your support, and we'll see you at noon on January 28th. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. All right, so welcome back to America's Web Radio with Agent Charge, and we're Hashing out the, uh, I think pretty much all we're going to really get covered today. We'll probably hold, we'll get onto the border wall, uh, next program because we're down to our last 15 minutes here. And, and, uh, before the break, we were discussing, David asked, uh, Maggie and I both have a lot of years of experience in both federal and, and state, uh, uh, and also local law enforcement, you know, working with them. And, and Dave asked what the uh, morale issues are going to be like, and and uh, of course, as far as the state level, we you know it's going to depend on who your governor is and who your people are, and uh, and then at the federal level, of course, you know we're already seeing a decline in morality because in, in morale of the troops, not morality, but morale of the troops, it's just because it's so frustrating and so difficult to do their jobs now. I mean, it's just I remember when Maggie, remember when they sent out the. Uh, Oh, the, uh, it was the memo to all the agents in the field, both, uh, HSI and ICE, uh, as, as far as these, even though a person was in the United States illegally, there was like 15 or 20 topics there that they criteria they had to meet before they could be arrested and incarcerated. Remember that? That came out and it that really took. Come, yeah, that might have come out but, after I retired, Sandy. It may have. It came out when I, yeah. it was, it came out, it came out when uh, I was, Return from Russia to Colorado, oh, yeah. so that was probably okay. Yeah, well, was I was retired around, by then. Yeah, yeah but that was around 2014, I think. Yeah, I and, retired uh, in 2012. So, but I just remember I, I had it because we all had a copy of it, and I would look at it, and you really had to have uh, you had to have uh, a lawyer explain to you. <laughs> Somebody who could, who could understand what lawyers write to know who you could arrest as far as them being here illegally in this country, and, and it's pretty, it's pretty cut and dried. I mean, if you don't have documentation and you don't have a visa, you can't be here, you know. And, mm-hmm. uh, and so, anyway, so so yes, that really did cause a, a morale issue, especially with the agents we had that had come over with the legacy immigration agents that uh, who were good at what they did. And, and that was why I was their, their bread and butter, especially up there in the, in the interior when I was uh, there in Colorado. I mean, uh, that was really what they were put there for to begin with, was to work alien smuggling and human trafficking cases. And, sure. uh, and not, the, not, not the drug cases that we ended up doing. We ended up having to work everything to the state. And, uh, because, you know, it was just, it was, it was, uh, it was too many man hours were going into immigration and not producing anything. So we just, we, we just said, okay, forget immigration until we get a new president in. And, 
and then we'll uh, we will start uh, we'll roll on drugs and other things. We have uh, mass surety type cases that, that we have authority to work, and so that's what we did. And uh, but it was a shame because that's not really why we were put there. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. So, uh, so anyway, so but we're discussing uh, oil production, and 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 now I just kind of want to ask what you guys think because you know. United States is the as I, I read the numbers here and, and the, the recent numbers and in four years we we which was Trump President Trump did away with all the regulation and, and opened up the, the country for fracking and and the pipeline started really coming up and going and 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 all you know the, all types of things were happening and there we were we were, we were producing so much uh, domestic oil within the continental United States that we were not having to go offshore to drill anymore, which is which is extremely extremely expensive. And so, you know, if you've ever, if you've ever seen one of those offshore drilling rigs out there in the middle of the Gulf of Mexico, it's amazing. I don't know how they even get them out there. And I used to work on rigs. I never worked offshore. And uh, it's amazing when you see how huge they are. And I just can't imagine that they ever produce uh, oil at anything less than $150 a barrel off those things because it's just, I can't imagine the expense that goes into the operation of one of those big rigs. And yeah, so, well, to say nothing that, of the potential danger of a, you know, remember the the uh, British Petroleum spill oh, there yeah. out there in the, you know. So, and it can be argued, but environmentally, you think about it, I mean, it's really was a good thing for the oceans to get a, a break for a while from, from drilling. But regardless of how careful they are, you're going to have oil spilled. You're going to have you're going to have pollutants. It's unavoidable at this point. You mm-hmm. know? And so, uh, so environmentally, I mean, I really think that it was probably better for everyone uh, with when we went to just fracking. And I felt you don't realize when the, when they start fracking wells, they didn't go out there and start drilling a bunch of new wells. They went into existing wells that were already down, and uh, and they were started, you know, going in with, with new fracking techniques and bringing more oil out of these old uh, wells. The majority of the wells, I don't, I kind of, I remember seeing the percentage of it. It was like eighty percent of the, the wells that uh, were fracked were, were existing wells. And so, it, once again, we're not we're not going in and destroying the landscape and the environment, and we're going into what's already there. And they have, and also they gave them chance time when they gave them the opportunity when they uh, went in and started fracking. They would go back in and repipe, recase, as they call it, recase these wells with modern materials, modern pipe, and 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 really cleaned up a lot of the water tables around the United States. Like you don't you don't hear that on the news, but it's not popular. But that it really was. I mean, it was really good for. Uh, the water system in the United States, the water levels, because now we have we're not we don't have uh, you know contaminated you know oil and chemicals and stuff getting to the water. Uh, yeah, leaking out of the. Yeah, right. And like I say, and then they weren't drilling a lot of new wells; they were just going in and, and, and fracking existing wells. And so it was a uh, now the whole deal about this. Uh, Biden also came in and he has has shut down uh, all exploration and production. And I, I don't know the, all the details on the executive word. It was just the day I saw it. And I need to, I was busy looking up other information here. And uh, But more or less, he has shut down uh, oil and gas production on federal land. Okay. So once again, okay, if you're up in Nebraska or Colorado or Wyoming where there's a lot of federal land, well, of course, you know, the jobs are going to be lost, and, and we'll talk about the secondary jobs that support the oil industry are going to be lost. But once again, Dave, <laughs> <laughs> you out there in West Texas, because 
almost all of our land here in Texas is privately owned. I mean, this is a, this is going to be good for you too. So I, I definitely want to, you know, next time I see you, I want, to, want you to buy me a steak with all that oil money. That you're <laughs> yeah, <all> right. <laughs> <laughs> because now I'm not I mean, double dipping like some folks I know. <laughs> so, but they can't, they can't, uh, so if, if we're not going to produce off all the vast federal lands we have, uh, all throughout the western United States, uh, okay, well, Texas will solve it. That's always, they always see the opportunity, they step in and they'll, they'll up production here, you know, and so they'll, uh, they'll make more money for you guys out there, Dave. So maybe that'll be good for me too. Maybe I'll get an oil lease on my property. I, I've always wanted one of those to see what it's like. You know, I don't know if you all remember or not, but, there was a time, and now that seismic uh, has become, you know, a lot better than it was even 20, 30, 40 years ago. But I can remember when, you know, like somebody like AOC screaming, you know, save a tree, save a tree, and all this kind of stuff. But I can remember when the person that would have been AOC's accomplice back in the uh, – 50s, mostly in the 50s, I can remember that they were saying, oh, oh, we're, we're going to, if we keep running, we're going to run out of oil. We're, if we keep drilling holes in the ground, we're, we're going to run out of oil. And that was the big uh, left-hand side then was that if we kept pumping in Texas or anywhere else, we'd run out of oil. And the seismographic information that we've got today the sun's going to burn out before we run out of oil in Texas, much less the rest of the country. And, and one thing a lot of people don't realize, too, is that, you know, I know now it takes a long time for petroleum, oil, and natural gas to form, but it's continuous, okay? It's, in other words, it's, it's like it, 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 just because we're drilling it and pumping it doesn't mean that it's not making more, okay? It, it's not as fast as we It doesn't make it nearly as fast as we can grow crops, and uh, so don't put it on that on that level. But the thing is, as we do, as we do get further and further away from uh, from. Uh, so, sorry, that was the yeah, home phone. <laughs> but uh, do you all do you all remember when they used to say we're gonna if you keep pumping we're gonna run out of oil? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and that's and that's and that's that, that's more misinformation that came out of you know the swamp because we're never going. Like you said we're never going to run out, and on top of that, it's it's regenerating itself. And as time goes by, I mean, you look at our vehicles today compared to what we used to drive back in the sixties and seventies. Remember, we're, you're lucky to have a car that got ten to twelve miles a gallon. And cars today average, you know, most vehicles are probably around twenty to twenty five. So we don't have you know, we had to forget we have more people. And uh, but I do know there's you know, this trend, and actually, you know, I, I support electric vehicles and under up to a certain point. And uh, but as we get away, but like, but like you said earlier, right? Of course, you know where electricity come from. It comes from oil. You know that's where they generate it. Most of yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, and, uh, we do have some few. There are a few uh, hydro plants, which are the are the only non-polluting source of generating electricity um, is the, the, you know, the pressure of water falling like Falcon Dam and I can't remember if they built a dam, if they built a power plant at Amistad or not, but um, there's a power plant at Falcon where it's when they release water out of the river, they generate electricity. I mean, it's, you know, right. but there are not that many in the United States. The majority of right. the plants are either coal or 
uh, bunker fuel, uh, not diesel, but I can't remember the grade. It's years and years and years ago that we did this, or natural gas. Natural gas is non-polluting also, but the majority of them are from oil or coal. And if you stop the, you know, stop the production, your electricity is going to go up. Uh, you know, so everything in your house is going to cost more. Where you know you charge up all these cars, um, I can just see. The federal government, everybody going home at night, you know, 150,000 cars getting plugged in. You're going to blow the, the electric grid. Right. And then, and, and, and like I say, the most important thing is that, is that with, you know, what it's going to cost you, the average person, uh, living in America, everything's going to go up. Okay. So mm-hmm. will they increase the minimum wage and, and, uh, but, you know, jobs are getting lost. Everything's going to go up. And so that's just, yeah. uh, that's a that, that's a that's a uh, recipe for first a recession then a depression. You know? mm-hmm. And so and, and it's one of those things when everything is working so good, why do you want to mess with it? <laughs> that's right. And on and on that note, we're going to have to close out the show. We've run out of time again. Uh, but, okay. But very interesting, and I'm sure Biden will give us more fuel for a fire next week. What do you think, folks? <laughs> Oh, definitely. Oh, okay. I mean, this is just like, I'm, you know, every day I'm waiting to see what other act of stupidity. It, it, it's like the, the, oh, God, national security now is the major emphasis is climate control because God knows if it's, you know, if, if the temperature doesn't rise, our country's going to be safe. Yeah. Hallelujah. Okay. okay, well, we've got to go with that, and uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll see you all next week. And thanks all for right. the show. All right, have a good Take care. Bye. Have a good All week. Right. Uh-huh. Bye bye. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.